Go in peace to love and I'm just joking. You did remember to put your clocks forward. Uh, lovely to see you if you're joining us this morning. Uh, my name is Jenny and today is Palm Sunday. So you may like to find yourself across uh, because at the end of the service, we will hold these up and pray over them together. We will also leave some crosses outside St. Matthew's Church and St. Thomas Beckett Church, so that if you would like to come and collect one for yourself or your neighbours, then um, feel free to do that. Um, and if you're not able to get out, then I will gladly uh, do a delivery service um, if you get in contact with me. So that's for later in the service. We will just begin with a couple of notices. And the first is that um, you may have noticed round St. Matt's that there are uh, the scaffolding up. And that's because uh, we're finally getting on with um, mending, repairing the roof of St. Matt's to deter the rain from coming in so freely. Um, and we can give thanks, we can praise God that we've got half of the funding already from charitable grants. So we thank you God for that. And Tim will be in touch in due course to, um, to talk to us all because the other half of the funding will um, be invited to be met from our church family. Uh, but Tim will be in touch with more details. And I'd like to walk you through what uh, is on the agenda for this coming Holy Week. On Tuesday at lunchtime, we have our final Lenten reflection. And that will be one o'clock on Zoom. Uh, Tim will be leading it this week. If you've missed other ones, don't worry, because they, whilst they're all feasting on hope and fasting from worry, they do stand alone. So you can pop along to our final Lent reflection. Maundy Thursday, we will have a prayerful reflection via Zoom. Guess which day that is? Thursday. Um, so that will be half past six on Zoom. The details are on your email. So do join us for that. And then on Good Friday, we will be live in person in St. Thomas of Beckett Church for a vigil of Christ's final hour on the cross between 2 to 3 p.m. So we do um, invite you to come and join us for that and journey with him at the cross. There's no need for booking because there'll be plenty of space. We invite you to wear face covering and uh, sanitize your hands as you come in. And then on Resurrection Sunday, we will have another live service and it will be here at St. Matthew's. It'll be a traditional Holy Communion celebration service. Um, at St Matthew's to allow for more space between us. That will be at 10.30 in the morning. And then in the evening, we'll have a five o'clock celebration via Zoom. And if you are freshly moved by what our Lord and Saviour has done through his passion, through... Um, his crucifixion and resurrection, then you might like to respond in prayer for the world. And we're going to be focusing this month's prayer between the 1st and 7th of April, 6.30 to 7.30, um, on praying for new life, new birth in different areas of our world. You'll notice a change of time to an earlier time of 6.30. 
Uh, and so we do encourage you to come and join with church family collectively to pray for the world around us. It's a really special time together. And so I pray, church family, that you will know that the Lord is with you. And he's also with me. So let us uh, first worship the King of um, the King of Glory in our first hymn, which is kindly played by Jules on the organ. And so, uh, having worshipped our King, we now come before him to acknowledge where our lives may not have been pleasing to him. When we remember that our Lord Jesus Christ said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. Lord, have mercy. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let us then show our love for him by confessing our sins in penitence and faith. Together we pray. Lord God, we have sinned against you 
We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the God of love and power forgive you and free you from your sins, heal and strengthen you by his spirit and raise you to new life in Christ our Lord. Amen. And our collect for Palm Sunday. True and humble King, hailed by the crowd as Messiah. Grant us the faith to know you and love you, that we may be found beside you on the way of the cross, which is the path of glory. Amen. And I thank you, Tony, who will now read our two readings for us. The New Testament reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equally with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. And being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it, and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt, tied near the door outside in the street. And as they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead, and those who followed, were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you, Tony. Let's pray. 
Lord Jesus, would you make yourself known afresh to us this morning? Amen. Some of you may recall what it is like to move house. As you move furniture, you, well, I should speak for myself, uh, I'm sure you're more meticulous in your housework, but I find um, all the grime I had unwittingly been living with. There comes this sinking realisation that more than I thought possible can accumulate behind bookcases and sofas. And then comes that final farewell. And even I sometimes get pangs of sentimentality in the ritualistic last look at each room. This process is coming to the forefront of my mind as I prepare to leave in June, but it has resonances with our gospel reading too. The Palm Sunday passage is a familiar one, this year from Mark. We've heard of the obtaining of a donkey cult, which fulfills yet another prophecy from Zechariah. We heard of the vivacious, unrestrained, even indignantly humble worship, taking cloaks off for a donkey to trample underfoot. The whole region is buzzing, as there seems to be this collective aha moment. People are gathering together in Jerusalem for the Passover festival, each bringing testimonies of what this Jesus fella said and did when he visited their villages. They're joining the dots. They're fitting together the puzzle pieces, as it were. And, aha, this collective realisation that he is the Messiah, the promised one, the one who all the prophecies have been pointing toward. There's a raucous hosanna and declaration of who this long-awaited king is riding on a donkey. It is a glorious, giddy scene to envisage. But all that said, I was drawn to verse 11. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went to the temple. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. It seems a rather anticlimactic, somewhat inconsequential verse. It even seems rather uncharacteristic of Mark's account of the gospel. His is the shortest, punchiest one with episode linked, with one episode linked to another with and suddenly, and then suddenly this and suddenly that. Mark doesn't waste time with flowery descriptions or narrative niceties. He gets to the point and then moves on to the next point. He could easily omit this verse altogether and it would still make sense. So why waste time in telling his readers that after this triumphant entry, Jesus had a nosy around and went back to his lodgings for the night? I've come up with two possible reasons. There may be more. First, Mark's account is leading his readers through a monumental reinterpretation of messiahship. Interpreting 
their scripture from their sociological perspective under Roman rule, they expected the Messiah to be a gallant king who established the coming kingdom of their ancestor David, as they proclaim as he rides into, the, into Jerusalem. An ornate coronation ceremony, perhaps, they were expecting. And yet, instead of claiming a throne and banishing Romans from Jerusalem, Jesus takes a look around and retires to bed. The people's need for reinterpretation is not surprising. They were anticipating a kingdom of this world and Jesus assures them that his kingdom is eternal and of another. You and I have the tendency to constrict our expectations and need a reinterpretation of uh, what Jesus is as the Messiah. Our opinions can be influenced by us making assumptions from society's influences, from our own pressing needs at the moment and what we expect Jesus to do for us. Our interpretation can be our latest half-baked solution to the world's problems and cherry-picking of scripture. We all need reminders to reevaluate our interpretation of who this Christ Jesus is. And it will look different for each of us, I suspect. Some may think of him as the gentlest of innocent lambs, but need reminding that he also roars the holy roar of the Lion of Judah. Some may need to reinterpret his inclusive love in the tension of his exclusive holiness. For others, perhaps, remembering that being the role model of, way, of the way for us to live, he is also the only way to live eternally. This Holy Week is a prime opportunity to journey with Jesus closer than ever. Perhaps you may like to read a different full account of the gospel each day of the week in the lead up to Good Friday. So Mark uses the seemingly obsolete verse 11 to reinterpret messiahship, to dispel mythical expectations. But I think it also acts like a bridge between the revelation of Jesus' identity before and the challenge to the outworking of our identity after. Jesus' triumphant entry is preceded by the healing of blind Bartimaeus, another sign that Jesus is the Messiah, fulfilling his job description. He makes the blind to see. The day after his triumphant entry, we hear of the cursed fruitless fig tree, it's quite a tongue twister, and the clearing of the fruitless temple. Neither the tree nor the temple fulfilling their God-given description to bear fruit through figs and prayer, respectively. It is as though Jesus enters Jerusalem, having publicly been made known for who he truly is, 
And then he looks around. He looks around before he moves house, as it were. Perhaps he's saying a final sentimental farewell. But I think he's evaluating his kingdom now that he's been enthroned, not on a fancy chair, but in people's hearts through worship. It is as though the furniture of worship has been moved and he's noticing what's been hidden behind the smart bookcase all along. If we believe and declare Jesus is who the Bible says he is, the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords, the Son of God, our Saviour. If we believe and declare this, then Jesus has humbly and triumphantly entered our hearts. We each become a temple of his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit. Collectively, as one body, we become the church. And as Jesus looks around at our hearts and our church, will he find humble imitators of him, as the Philippian passage invites? Do we really live as though his name is above all other names and stuff and opinions in our hearts? Are we a fruitful house of prayer? Praying for others to come to recognise that every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do we pray this for the world around us? Remember, church family, there is now no condemnation for those who live in union with Christ, but there is a perpetual invitation to be transformed by his holy love into his likeness. To have the very mind of Christ through humbling ourselves just as he did. And so as I close, I suggest individually and corporately, Holy Week is a beautiful opportunity to invite the Spirit of our Lord to spring clean our hearts from misshapen interpretations of who Christ Jesus is, perhaps through reading his word. It's an opportunity to humble ourselves and make room in our diary and in our heart to re-enthrone the King of Kings, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords, the Son of God, our Saviour. If it is for the first time that you would like to enthrone Jesus in your heart, then simply pray that in your heart. And Tim or I would be honoured to pray with you if that would help. Family, to encourage your hearts to welcome King Jesus afresh, to worship and honour him with all your being, we'll listen now to a famous worshipful extract of a sermon by Dr. Sam Lockridge. 
and I pray that it will stir your hearts afresh. Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour, we open our hearts now to you. And we pray that by your Spirit, you will take us into a deeper love and honour of you now and throughout Holy Week. Amen. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. I hope you're sufficiently stirred 
Um, and so now we respond together in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And I hand over to Fiona to lead us in our prayers of intercession. As the Messiah, Jesus enters Jerusalem, knowing that he rides towards rejection and death in order to save his people. As we face up to the costly loving shown by our God, let us approach him in humility and pray to him now. O oh God, give us in your church undivided hearts to love you and one another and to go on loving through insult and praise through acceptance and rejection, in the sure knowledge that you are Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O God, may the kingdoms of this world soak up the values of your kingdom. May their leaders and their peoples uphold what is right and just, and establish a social order which is rooted in godly love. We ask for your guiding presence as local, national and world leaders grapple with the problems engulfing the world today. We thank you for the leadership of your church. And in particular, we ask for your blessing upon Tim, Jenny, Judith, Sarah and Mary. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh God, in all the heartaches and joys of human relationships. May we be governed by selfless love, faithful and forgiving like you, without limit. We pray for all those living in the shadow of family breakdown and for those who feel they do not have anyone or anywhere to turn to. Inspire communities to reach out to those in need of physical, mental, or spiritual help. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh God, draw alongside all who suffer, that they may know the comfort of your presence and the healing power of your forgiving love. We continue to give thanks for the selfless dedication of all medical staff and carers who have over the past year, devoted themselves to the care of the sick, the disabled and the elderly. May you grant wisdom and insight to those making decisions about the future of medical and social care, that equitable and workable long-term solutions 
can be found to protect the vulnerable in our society. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh God, we pray for all who are making their last journey of death, that they may, may be surrounded with your peace and rest in your love forever. We remember all those known to us who have died in recent times. We give thanks for their lives and ask for your comfort for those who mourn. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh God, we give you thanks that the Messiah has come to save your people. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Once we were far off, but now in union with Christ Jesus, we have been brought near through the shedding of Christ's blood, for he is our peace. May the peace of the Lord be always with you. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll come to a time of um, Holy Communion. Uh, there'll be an opportunity to share spiritually through prayer, but if you'd like to share agape style, then um, have ready your bread and wine at home. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. It is right to praise you, Father, Lord of all creation. In your love, you made us for yourself. When we turned away, you did not reject us, but came to meet us in your Son. You embraced us as your children and welcomed us to sit and eat with you. Where am I? Here we are. Is that right? Sorry. Um, apologize everybody I'll follow on here in Christ you shared our life that we might live in him and he in us he opened his arms of love upon the cross and made for all the perfect sacrifice for sin on the night he was betrayed, at supper with his friends, he took bread and he gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them saying, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His body is the bread of life.
at the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His blood is shed for all. As we proclaim his death and celebrate his rising in glory, send your Holy Spirit that this bread and this wine may be to us the body and blood of your dear Son. As we eat and drink these holy gifts, make us one in Christ, our risen Lord. With your whole church throughout the world, we offer you this sacrifice of praise and lift our voice to join the eternal song of heaven. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. And now, together, we join in the words that Jesus taught his friends. We pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread. to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. For those who wish to share spiritually, we pray together these words. Thanks be to you, Lord Jesus Christ for all the benefits you have given me, for all the pains and insults you have borne for me. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, I ask you to come spiritually into my heart. O oh, most merciful Redeemer, friend and brother, may I know you more clearly, love you more dearly, and follow you more nearly day by day. Amen. We pray together. 
Lord, in these days of mercy, make us quiet and prayerful. In these days of challenge, make us stronger in you. In these days of emptiness, take possession of us. In these days of waiting, open our hearts to the mystery of your cross. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice that we remember you paying this week. We praise you for who you are and for the extraordinary cost you paid, the price you paid out of love. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. As a response and as a reminder, I invite you to find, uh, raise a cross. Perhaps you've made one, perhaps you've found one, uh, perhaps you're coming to collect one later from outside church. And we just pray over these crosses now. God, our Saviour, whose son, Jesus Christ, entered Jerusalem as Messiah to suffer and to die. Let these palms, these crosses, be for us signs of his victory and grant that we who bear them in his name may ever hail him as king and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life. Who is alive, and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So as we come to an end, I want to remind you of all the opportunities to come together collectively to um, journey with our Lord and with one another this week. Tuesday lunchtime, Lent Reflection. Maundy Thursday, 6.30 on Zoom. Good Friday, 2 o'clock in St. Thomas the Beckett Church. Easter Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. in St. Matthew's for Holy Communion. And throughout this period, from the 1st to the 7th of April, we have our daily hour of prayer together, 6.30 to 7.30 on Zoom do respond to what our Lord has done for us and join us in prayer. Christ crucified, draw you to himself to find him a sure ground for faith, a firm support for hope and the assurance of sins forgiven and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and those for whom you pray this holy week and always. Amen. Lovely to join you all and uh, do go in peace to love and serve the Lord in the name of Christ. Amen. <laughs>